tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to This Miraculous Life on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Oliveri Olumba, and today I'm here with my uh, trusty studio engineer, Alexia Brown. She's finally back from, from, from the holiday break. I've missed her so much. I've missed you too, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. And today, we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. So I am, I'm so interested to talk about, you know, what people's experiences are and to hear from Alexia herself about what her experience is with New Year's resolutions. And I have some exercises and approaches that I'm excited to share with you guys. So I want to, I want to kind of check in right away and hear from Alexia, if that's okay, Alexia, not to put you on the spot. (laughs) Uh, But I'm interested if you have a New Year's resolution, like what your thoughts are on how you like to start a new year, if you do any sort of reflection or intention setting, etc. And if you have thoughts about, yeah, what's working for you and what's not working for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the space. I don't necessarily like the beginning of the year. It just feels really bleak and awful to me. And um, I just have an issue with how things feel really contrived with the way that people set goals. I get that it's great for some people. It doesn't really work for me. Um, I tend to uh, set goals more on my birthday for some reason. But anyway, right. that's beside the point. Beside right, right, the point. right. No, um, that that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I do have a resolution for this year. And it's only because it came to me because it was necessary for the time. Like I didn't really force it. It just was more of a revelation that happened to come at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's to be um, more resolute in my spiritual life um, mm. and to stop looking for perfection right especially in like the earthly realm um knowing that i have this spiritual life where i can kind of build the security and the perfection that i need um so yeah that actually is one Mm. i guess resolution that i think i'm holding i love that Mm. so so your resolution is to let go of perfection and to build more in your spiritual life Mm -hmm. yeah yep yep Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is the connection for you between letting go of perfection and building your spiritual life? Sure. So um, I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. That's also a hard thing for me to um, say. I believe in the Christian God, right? So um, I just realized that as of late, I've been looking for people to be like exactly what I need them to be, right? Like, it's Mm. been a very needy year for me. Mm. Like, a lot of things have happened. I've needed a lot of support. Um, And so when people aren't there for me in that way, um, if they fail me or if they disappoint me, like, it would anger me, you know? Mm. Like, I would be so upset. Like, I'd be crying and, like, doing irrational things to try to, like, cope for that. Right. Um, When in reality, like, uh, knowing 
in my belief, like the earthly realm is not where we should be looking for perfection. There is only perfection in God. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that I feel like that's missing in my life and that I feel like I'm being let down is because that part of my life hasn't been strong or I haven't been investing in my relationship with God. Mm. So that is something that I am working on. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So basically what I hear you saying is that if your relationship with God was more fortified, Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be so overwhelming and angering for you when human beings (laughs) fall short of your hope or expectation for them. Exactly. Mm, I think that that's really wise. Um, And, you know, I agree. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I guess I was, I I also was raised Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really, I guess, care. Um, But I'm fine. I'm very spiritual. I mean, that's why the name of this show is This Miraculous Life. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I think I love, I love that you've, really whittled it down um, because that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today. So it's, and that's interesting that you say you feel like the beginning of the year, it's kind of contrived basically to Mm -hmm. reflect and set intentions. Yeah. And I, I totally get that because it's like kind of an arbitrary moment in time. Um, At the same time, I, I would say for me personally, I find it, I do find it definitely easier to reflect and set intentions around the new year as opposed to my birthday. So it's interesting because I was talking to someone the other day whose birthday is like January 2nd or something. (laughs) So they were like, oh yeah, it's perfect for me because I'm both starting. It's an, it's the new year. So this is the thing that people do, but also like literally I'm starting a new year of my life. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I must admit that I do more think of my own years as when a new calendar year begins. And for whatever reason, I don't, I don't care that much about my birthday. Like I like to usually plan something special, like maybe a getaway Mm -hmm. or something. But at the same time, if it's an inconvenience, I'd rather just pretend like it's a regular day. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, And it's interesting, too, because I guess maybe I feel like on my birthday, I don't want to be thinking about how I should improve as a human being. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Just celebrate the now. Celebrate who you are. Yeah, I get that. I also get that uh, improvement is kind of the greatest gift that you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. So I value both. And I I value that perspective, Alexia. for me, I think it's a it's an it's easy it's an easier time for me to reflect and set an intention, also because the world slows down a little bit at sure. the holidays. Like, and in our in our episode um, two episodes ago when we spoke about the holidays, we talked about okay, the world is not really slowing down in the sense that you're going to get a relaxing break, but people's energies do shift and people 
are maybe very busy with things like family and travel and not necessarily just relaxing, but at the same time, people are usually a little bit more absent from work. Yeah. Um, so I find that that can be conducive to thinking a little bit more about myself as an individual um, as opposed to thinking about like business or professional goals or stuff like that. So I want to introduce, I want to actually basically issue a challenge to everyone listening today. And the challenge is this. The challenge is to turn your intention for the new year, your resolution for 2019, those of you who are inspired to set a resolution. And if you're not inspired, I think that that's cool. And the inspiration could come at any time. And I think that that what we're going to talk about today still applies. And, you know, if you are have already been inspired, then you can you can pick up with where we're beginning today. And the challenge is this. I challenge everyone listening to set a one word resolution for 2019. And this is an exercise that my good friend, Brad Piergrossi, who is a psychotherapist out in Maryland. Um, his name is spelled like Pier, like Pier One, gross, like yucky, and then an I at the end. So Piergrossi. I think it's Piergrossi. It could be also pronounced Piergrossi. I need to ask him. <laughs> um, but he introduced me to this exercise of setting a single word as your resolution for the new year. And I have just found it ever ever since he introduced me to it. And I'll share with you guys today what some of my resolutions have been. I think he introduced me to this exercise like almost 10 years ago. And I've been doing it ever since because I just find it to be tremendously valuable and clarifying and a great way of challenging myself to really hone in and distill what I want my focus to be for the year, as opposed to having my energy be very dispersed and not therefore not making as much progress or growth in any one area as I would like to, but also, you know, maybe not being as clear on what growth would look like to me this year. So that is the challenge. And, and I want you guys throughout this episode to be thinking about what words are coming to your mind and what words resonate with you. And I do find that an important part of this exercise is trying on some words for size. So usually I'll sort of think about or write down a number of different words before I finally figure out which word is the word that truly resonates as what I want to orient myself around for the entire year. The word that I think will best support me in growing as a human being this year. And that that is that is the challenge. So I want to I've issued I've now issued the challenge to the woman sitting before me who is Alexia Brown. So I want to get her response to the challenge and then I'll give you guys some guidance on how to go about figuring out what your one word may be. 
Yeah, you call it a challenge, but I think that this is the key. Like, mm. I so I've heard this a lot recently that um, I've just been listening to like other life coaches and people helping others to get uh, into their goals, and they say set a theme instead yes. of like goals. It's yes. kind of the same thing that you're saying, right? Is like Absolutely. pick this one word that really resonates with you. Pick a theme, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's. I think that makes it less challenging. I think it makes it less daunting really? to, I think so, because that's cool. It, no matter where you're moving or where you're going or what your goals could ebb and flow throughout the year, right? Like you right. could, or really get into something that right. you didn't expect to get into. Um, but as long as you have that touch point of what your word, your theme is, right. um, you can make a decision about like, is this something that I should pursue? Um, is this something that's Absolutely. really going to help me? Um, and I just think it helps you to feel more accountable in that way than like setting these line by line goals. Um, just like throw yourself into a theme, I think is a lot easier. So I, totally agree. I would accept this challenge 100%. That's kind of the way that I make goals anyways. Like I just think about what kind of feelings do I want to yeah. have? Um, I think about that end point, right? Of like, what are the feelings? What are the things that I want around me? What do I want my space to look like? And then I go back and set goals from there. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. I love that. And I totally agree with you. And I guess what I hear you saying is that, and maybe this comes easily to you, which would be awesome, Alexia, (laughs) my evolved engineer. Um, But what I hear you saying is that it's, it makes doing the, the resolution or the intention much easier. Once you come up with the word, then it's just so much easier to sort of stay on track. And like you said, decide is this something that I should be investing my energy in or not? There's mm-hmm. always like, it's it becomes a touchstone that you can easily and sort of effortlessly always come back to and call to mind 100% agree, as opposed to just having a diverse and long list of resolutions, which right. you may or may not forget, which may or may not resonate in a couple of months, et cetera. But I, I personally, for me, it is challenging to decide on the word that's the part that's challenging is to figure out what the word is going to be because that's the hard part is getting so clear within yourself that you know okay this is the single word that's going to be my touchstone throughout the year sure but then yeah like you said once you have that it kind of makes everything else easier yeah, a hundred percent. I I love that, and I love that you're already focused on the easy part. <laughs> I think that's very positive and optimistic of you. Um, yeah. So so this is this is my challenge, or even way of making your way easier, as Alexia spoke to, and I think that it's important also because it allows us to shift into a headspace where we are thinking about ourselves as a whole human being and a an evolving person as opposed to I really think that when we have to choose one word it makes it much more difficult for us to set an ego-based resolution like who I mean, maybe somebody, but I I feel like when challenged to come up with only one word, people are so much more likely to be focused on a resolution like, you know, losing 20 pounds or, you know, raising their income by X more dollars per month or 
you know, getting this specific title. I think all of those things can be natural outgrowths of a bigger intention. But for example, if challenged to come up with one word, often what I see happen is that somebody who maybe was focused on a standard resolution like weight loss, they wouldn't choose weight loss as their one word. And it's like, why would that be? That's what they were focused on before. And I think the reason is because when challenged to really distill in and say like, okay, you only get one word, people start to realize that just simply saying weight loss is kind of too superficial to encapsulate what you want your whole year to be about, right? Or not even just too superficial, that's one thing, but even um, doesn't serve you well enough, you know? It, It wouldn't give them all that they want to receive this year. So then people's thinking expands and they're like, oh man, I was thinking I wanted to lose 20 pounds, but if I have to choose only one word, then, you know, maybe my word should be something more like well-being or, you know, health or maybe even confidence, right? Or even self-acceptance or something like that. So I find that this exercise, it's almost like before distilling our attention down onto one single word, we are forced to expand our intention and attention and consider all that is possible for the coming year. And basically, what is that word that we could focus on that would maximize our evolution, right? And allow us to feel best about our expenditure of energy and focus during this coming year. And so I think that that's challenging, but I also think that per Alexia's point, what it makes for is a year that is ultimately an inspired and an intentional year rather than a year. I believe that if we do this exercise of setting a one word intention, it is impossible to fall into the trap, which as a life coach, I hear many people talk about this trap. It's impossible to fall into the trap of feeling like your year just happened to you as opposed to you creating your year. And I think that with a standard resolution, it's still possible to just feel like our year happened to us, right? Because maybe those resolutions were things that we, you know, were influenced by others to do or were the first things that came to mind or were very ego-based, you know, things we've spoken in previous episodes about our demons, those values that we put stock into just because we think that they make us more valuable or important as human beings, which is always a falsehood. And so often a an initial resolution may be driven by our demons, and that is not going to make for a satisfying year. So that's why I think that this exercise is so important. And I want to share with you some questions because I think before identifying what our intention resolution is going to be and being able to distill that into one word, it is helpful to do some reflection and to understand, you know, what am I really proud of 
this past year, what felt really good to me this past year, and then how do I want to build on that this coming year, or what was sort of missing this past year that I want to evolve into this coming year. I think that it's helpful to have a lay of the land in terms of how we're feeling about ourselves and how we are witnessing the growth that has already taken place, but then also thinking about the growth that has yet to to you know finish, which we're always a work in progress. Uh, but thinking about what is the next phase of growth for us. And uh, so these these questions, some of these questions are questions that I have come up with through my work with coaching clients, but many of them were also introduced to me by my good friend Brad Piergrassi that that first time that I was introduced to the one word resolution and the way, I, you know, I love asking these questions to clients um, and often I'll throw in other questions as they respond to the questions. You know, I think a good life coach will always be listening for what is the most important question. But I think that these some of these questions are ones that are relevant and spark insight and reflection for anyone. Uh, So I do want to give to you some of these questions today because these questions I believe help us to understand we where we are at in our evolution and therefore what might be next. In other words, what might be what we are inspired to set as our one word resolution. Uh, and I also love being asked these questions. So I, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll even have a chance today for me and Alexia to answer some of these questions. Who knows? This could get really personal. <laughs> um, so I want to share. I, I'm I'm going to think of it as sort of sharing with Alexia because again, she's here in front of me, and it's always valuable to to talk to a human face and soul. Um, but so some of my favorite reflection questions. So one of my most favorite, and this is definitely one that was taught to me by Brad is, uh, and, and he uses this word a lot. So it's very Brad. Um, so the question says, tell me about something wonderful that happened to you or that happened in 2018. So what was wonderful? Um, actually I would, if you're open to it, Alexia, I would love if you would answer that question. Yeah, I can answer that question. Um, something wonderful that happened to me. Um, working this job is the first thing that comes mm, to mind. That's um, fucking awesome. Yeah, was not <laughs> at all expecting to end up um, in this space, but it was very wonderful. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that. I love this question because I think people think of wonderful wonderful is kind of a powerful word right and i sure. find that for some people i ask them this question it really resonates and then for some people they really they're like well there's lots of good things but they're really hesitant to claim the word wonderful hmm. they're like there was things that were good but i wouldn't call them quite wonderful and so i love this question because i also think that it challenges people to claim something as truly wonderful. So I love that question. Uh, The question that often 
is sort of a counterbalance to this one, uh, which I also learned from Brad and I think is a beautiful question that is often avoided. The question is, um, tell me about something painful that happened this year, right? Or tell me what was painful this year. And I think that that too is a beautiful and important question because I think that in setting a New Year's resolution, and this is where like the contrived party thing comes in that you were speaking about, Alexia. Sure. I think in thinking about a new year, we're often taught to just focus on celebration. It's it's kind of weird how this whole like drinking your face off and wearing, you know, goggles that say like 2019 and then also supposedly being the most reflective and deep sort of spiritual intentional time of year. It doesn't kind of go together. Uh, and so I do think that because all of those things are meshed up in one, often in thinking about a new year, people are so focused on celebrating and being positive and, you know, setting a resolution to be better and that they feel uncomfortable or are not encouraged to look back at and create space for the things that were that were difficult right about the of the past year and i also think that many people's inclination is to say well this was a hard year and i'm just like ready for a new year right and uh to not want to look at those things and So what I love about this question, there's two things I love about it. The number one thing that I love is that the question assumes that everyone has experienced pain this past year. Mm -hmm. That is what I love about this question. And what I believe is that by and large, that is true. Why? Because pain is part of the human experience. And I think that the way this question is asked embraces rather than avoids that. So I love that about this question. And then the second thing I love about this question is that it encourages space to look at the pain instead of being, you know, just so angry and unhappy about it that the goal is to just not look at it and see the new year as a clean slate and and in truth as human beings that's not the way that it works we don't get a clean slate just because the clock ticked midnight and on like a certain january evening right yeah like cinderella right exactly (laughs) like we don't like get a new brain just because it like a a minute change like that is not how it works (laughs) so i think that personally i think that it's a dangerous approach to be like oh this year was really hard or this year was really shitty i'm just excited for it to be over like i'm so ready for this new year I think it's fine to be ready for the new year, maybe even fine for to be excited that a year is over. But I think it's dangerous 
to say, you know, what's in the past stays in the, what, what, you know, what happens in 2018 stays in 2018. Because the reality is that that is just not the way that our human emotional brains are wired. And so I think there's so much value in being willing to look at and hold gentle space for the things that were difficult and painful about our previous year. And again, I so value that in asking this question, the assumption was that there was pain and difficulty for everyone this year. You know, in other words, you're not alone. Um, so I love that question. Any thoughts? I'm, I'm not going to ask you that question, mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious if you have thoughts about the question itself, Alexia. Very good question for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, yeah, we carry all these things with us and it's important to recognize like it took a toll and you are a new person. You're moving um, and you have to carry that thing with you. That's right. something that is part of my resolution, right? Is that mm. like you still carry the things that hurt you and that pain you with you as you go on through life. It doesn't just like wipe away because you wanted to. Right. Um, so personally that resonates with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well put. Well put Alexia. So some other questions that are favorites. This is another favorite question. <clears throat> the question is, what did you do this past year that served you? And I love this question and I ask it to uh, clients often and it always confuses them. Um, but I don't stop. <laughs> I don't give up because I think it's an important question. And even though people are thrown off by the wording, uh, almost like 60% or more of the time, I think that the wording is perfect. And so that is why I continue to ask this question because, okay, so the question is, what did you do this past year that served you? Okay, so let's break it down. What does it mean to serve someone? It means to like do something for them, right? Or to give them something that helps them or makes their life easier or better, right? To do something you know, when we talk about acts of service, that is doing something to help someone, really, right? And I think that I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious about why this question is often confusing to people. But one of the guesses that I have is that we are not trained to think about how to serve ourselves, <laughs> Um, and do acts of service to ourselves. What do you think, Alexia? Would you, would you a would you what would you be confused if I asked you this question? What did you do this past year that served you? And b why do you think that it is confusing for many people? Yeah, um, the question makes sense to me. Maybe it's because it's something that I think about a lot. I think mm. about um, how to better myself so that I can better the world and right. la la la. Um, I think things like that start from within, but. Um, yeah, I get it. And it's kind of hard to reckon with too, especially if you're, 
um, working or professional and you have family and like all Mm -hmm. these things that are connected to you. Um, sometimes you forget that you do need to serve yourself or like you confuse like serving other people and making other people happy with like, Oh, I'm good. Like my status is good. Um, I have approval from other people and like that is serving me. Mm -hmm. Um, but not Mm -hmm. necessarily. Sorry. I'm also just speaking from my personal. Yeah, no, I think um, absolutely what I'm thinking about myself right now in terms of this question. Um, so yeah, I can see why people might pause. Um, what did you really do that made you feel great that progressed you in a way that, um, gets you to your most miraculous self, you know? Um, Absolutely. And it can get confused with all the other things that we do for other people. You know, that's so interesting. I love what you said about getting what served you confused with basically what improved your reputation. Yeah. Um, And for the first time, I don't know why this never occurred to me before, but for the first time, it has occurred to me that uh, we say self-serving and we mean that as a very negative thing. Sure. Right. Like this is this is self-serving. This this person is like so self-serving or they're doing this this, in like a self-serving way, Um, which is really interesting. And I think when we say that, I think often we are talking about someone trying to improve their reputation. But I think that we're often also talking about uh, someone using others to their advantage without that other person's consent. Sure. Um, So that's interesting. But yeah, fascinating. I'm like taking that in because it's interesting that just by saying self-serve, that is taken to be a very like the um, the connotation and like the meaning of that in the English language is not simply doing something that's good for you. It's basically taking advantage of someone. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So maybe that's part of the reason why people have a hard time with this question. But I think it's I think it's an essential question. And, you know, I think that it's also a difficult question for people because when we ask, you know, what did you do that served you? I think people are forced to really think about what, not just what they did for themselves, but what actually helped them, Mm -hmm. you know, in a deep and meaningful way. Um, And I also think that sometimes we have a hard time own it similar to how we maybe have a hard time owning that word of wonderful. I think sometimes we have a hard time saying that something served us because I think that sometimes we want to think about serving ourselves as, you know, giving ourselves a, a, a bubble bath and like a facial and yeah. self care. And I think that that can be what serves us. But I also think so many more things can serve us. I think that sometimes the thing that we did with that served us was also the thing that was painful. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like if I can give an example. Yeah, please. I in this past year realized that I wasn't serving myself by being um, complicit in my like not getting all that I wanted. So mm. that caused me to have to be more, I guess, self-serving in the fact that I would say no to people or I would say yes, if I really did want something. Right. Um, and maybe that meant that someone else didn't get it. But if I right. want it, then 
um, why is that not valid? Absolutely. So in that sense, that's something that I did this past year that served me Mm -hmm. was just being more bold about um, the things that I want and putting my needs first sometimes. Absolutely. Um, And then it turned from me serving other people by like always giving them what they want um, and keeping peace into serving myself. But ultimately, I feel good. (laughs) Like I I have no regrets. I love that. Yeah. So that's definitely. And I feel like that's a good sign of something that served us is that we are ultimately glad with ourselves for making that choice Mm -hmm. even if it was challenging or painful you know Mm -hmm. but I think when we sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that there was growth and that there was service to us even from something that was challenging or painful so yeah, and I love the way that you served yourself because I think that um, it, it, it's an important thing to, it's an important skill to master to be able to really own what you want sure. and yeah. speak it out. You know, that's something that I, that I love thinking about and talking about is the value of being able to articulate and ask for what you want, mm-hmm. you know? And not shying away from that because I think that in my experience, people often have resentment towards others who are getting what they want. But the but the thing is that the person who is getting what they want is asking for it. Right. (laughs) In in no uncertain terms, you know. Yeah. So I think that that's awesome, Alexia. Uh, So so then the, the other question that's kind of the counterbalance to that question is. What did you do this past year that limited you? And I also love that question. That question is generally easier for people to understand, um, I guess, because it's something that we we maybe think about more as a society. But I like the question similar to the painful questions because it makes the assumption that uh, until the day we die, we're all doing at least some small thing that is limiting us sure and that it is valuable for us to be aware of that and to take ownership of it and maybe make a different choice if we want uh one of my most favorite questions and i i sort of mentioned it uh casually at the beginning of the episode one of my most favorite questions is what are you proud of this past year I love that question I personally just find so much strength and peace and value in being proud of myself you know and being willing to look at what I may have to be proud of and then giving myself some love and some credit for that thing, but also understanding that that is what I most found value in this year. And and usually for me, it's not necessarily a specific accomplishment uh, that might be measurable to others, but it's usually doing something that was a risk or that was challenging for me. Or navigating something in a way that was loving. Um, basically, anything that challenges me to become a better person, that is what makes me feel proud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like 
oh God, this year was a crazy year for me and my family. Um, you know, my husband and I moved to a new home. We welcomed two children into our home um, who, you know, were in need of our love and our support. And it's been amazing and challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just so much growth and so much love and so much to be proud of, but also there's a lot of, of pain to acknowledge, you know? Um, and so that is something that I can speak on endlessly, but reflecting on the question of what am I proud of has always given me pause, but also given me power, you know, to, and I think that this question is a great question to help inspire the question about what our resolution is for this coming year. So one of the, there's many other questions that I love, but, uh, you know, things to get you thinking about what your intention might be. So another question that I love reflecting on the coming year is to think about how would you like to grow or evolve in 2019, right? So I love that question. Another question is, what would make this coming year feel like a satisfying year, right? So, and then I think just looking at themes within the questions that you've already answered. So I've given you guys a few questions and I think that you can use these questions but also use the style of these questions to build some more questions of your own. I think questions are helpful to prompt our thinking and prompt our reflection. And then you can look at the themes within these questions and use those themes to help you hone in on your one-word intentions. So I want to I want to share with you some some intentions of mine over the past like 8 years. And I want to see if Alexia has set her intention yet. And then we'll have to wrap up. And my hope is that you all will send me what you hone in on as your one word resolution, that single word that best represents how you want to evolve as a human being this year. How are you going to grow yourself this year? So... Uh, my first intention ever, my first one word intention in 2012 was make shit happen. I understand that's not one word. First of all, keep in mind, I was a newbie at this. <laughs> um, I had just finished my master's degree and I was like, what am I going to do now? And I knew that I wanted to create a business. I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I knew that I had limited savings. I knew that I needed to make shit happen right? If I wanted to live the life that I desired. You know, looking back on it now, I don't love this intention. I think I could have worded it better. But at the same time, I think it served me beautifully for where I was at in my evolution at the time. My intention for 2017, skipping ahead, was plentitude. That was one of my most favorite intentions because I remember that year, 2017, I was, the year prior, I was experiencing a bit of a scarcity mindset, worry about finances, having enough clients, having enough business, um, you know, being able to do my life coaching practice forever 
And I wanted to, you know, people talk about um, uh, not plentitude, but what's the abundance? And I that wasn't working for me. I was like, no, like it's it's like overdone. It's not resonating. But plentitude made what I what my intention was, was to believe that what I have is plenty. It's more than enough. So not just that, you know, there's plenty coming, but like to believe that what I have is is plentiful and also that what is available to me is plentiful and to not be focused on lack and worry and scarcity. And when I set that resolution, that's when I won the best life coach in Washington, D.C. And I like the plentitude manifested itself, right? By not focusing on the scarcity, the the plentitude arrived. So those are some of my intentions. Uh, Alexia, do you know what your one word is? Um, I don't know if I'm going to settle on this, but the word I'm thinking of now is strong. I love that. Yeah. Can you just say a quick snippet what that means to you? Uh, yeah, I think that I'm thinking of where I grab my strength from. Um, again, and I'm mentioning before that um, I look for other people for strength. Um, and I'm just trying to reevaluate where I get that from. But also physically. Like, mm. I really want to get physically strong this, right. this year. So we'll see where it goes. Um, so I might settle on that word. Strong. I like it. And everybody that I know who has a... Who's, for whom spirituality is a big part of their life, that is where they say that they draw their strength. So it fits in with what you said earlier. Love it. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I hope that your new year is off to a start, whatever that start may be. And I would love if you all would think about some of the questions that we posed today and think about how you might distill your one word resolution for the year. Thanks for listening to This Miraculous Life. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.